Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1. From verse 7. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 7. It's a message for today. Amen. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 7. I read, Upon the four and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month Sabbath, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom. And behind him were there red horses, speckled and white. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show thee what these be. And the mother stood among the mature trees, answered and said, These are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro through the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord that stood among the mature trees, and said, We have walked through and fro through the earth. And behold, all the earth seated still and is at rest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like I said, the message of today or maybe put it better, see my time this morning, I'm going to spend more of it leading us in prayers. But the name Zechariah, the name Zechariah means Jehovah remembers or the Lord remembers. Amen. That's the meaning of that name. And that's why the topic of uh, my ministration this morning is God remembers. And he will remember you today in Jesus' name. Yes. Now, Zechariah is the 11th of the minor prophets. Pay close attention to this. He is what? He is the 11th of the minor prophets. And he received this particular prophecy we are talking about today. On the 24th day of the 11th month. Does somebody know today's date? What's today's date? Today is the 24th of the 11th month. Hallelujah. So today is the anniversary of the revelation that God gave to Zechariah. And there's a word for someone here today. God will remember you. Amen. I said God will remember you. Amen. The God you have come to meet in the house today will remember you. Amen. That's why I'm so enamored by that name. Or the name of who? Jesus. The Bible says, at the mention of that name, what happens? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess of things in heaven, of things on earth, and things where? Underneath the earth. See, that's the more reason why you should fear not. Tell somebody, fear not. Your God is alive. Your God is alive. And he has a peculiar message for you today. And I speak to somebody here today. I say, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever the message be from the Lord unto you this morning, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the name Zachariah means God remembers. Jehovah remembers. And brethren, God remembers so many things. And I mean, as we go down, we are going to see that God remembered the state of Israel when God was speaking to them. 
He remembered that Israel was his son. He remembered that the children of Israel were his own people. And he said, I allowed the heathen to deal with them. Just a little bit. But the heathen dealt with them ferociously. And he said, now I am against these Gentiles. Because I only allowed them to deal with my children a little bit. But look at how they have done. And that's why, brethren, if you think you are the one that God uses to punish the pastor, be careful. Because when God begins to deal with you, even the pastor will not know that you are, you are reaping the reward of your iniquity. If you think you are the one, it's there in the Bible. The people that God will use to punish his own people, what happens to them eventually? His people are still there. Israel is still a nation today. The descendants of Abraham are still there. But many of those that God used to punish them, they have been forgotten. They've been wiped out. God remembers. There are many things that God remembers. We're going to look at just one of them before we start to pray. And what is that one thing that we want to know that God remembers today? It is that God remembers his covenants. God remembers what? His covenants. His covenants. When God remembers the covenant he has made with his people, he begins to act accordingly. And he responds with mercy. And that is why you can come before the Lord and say, Father, remember your covenant with me. Remember your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And brethren, if you have Jesus in your life, you are part of a greater covenant. Tell somebody, greater covenant. That's very important. If Christ is in you, you are part of a greater covenant. And you will partake of this divine covenant in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, from verse 24 to verse 25, it says, God had their groanings. That's the groanings of the children of Israel. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Exodus chapter 2, verse 25. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Do you know that God is here today? You know God is looking at someone here today. Who is that person? God is looking at you and saying, enough of these struggles. Amen. Who is God talking to? God is looking at you and saying, enough of this. I mean, you have, you have struggled long enough. In fact, he didn't just stop there. He said, I, I have respect unto what you have done. You know, I read the book of a man of God and he said, he said, there's a reason angels respect human beings. He said, why? He said, Satan had access to God's glory. He came before the presence of God. He saw the splendor. And yet Satan did what? He still rebelled against God. He said, but human beings, our relationship with God is based on what? Faith. Faith. Many of us have not seen an angel. Talk less of seeing Jesus. But we know that Jesus came, he died for our sins. We know that on a daily basis, he keeps us. He guides us through this earthly race until we get to our home in heaven. And so he said, because of that, angels respect human beings. No wonder the Bible says we shall do what? We shall judge angels. We shall judge angels. So when God looks at you and he, he respects you, it's because in spite of all you are going through, you still hold on to your faith. Can you tell a brother or a sister and say, don't give up? 
Brethren, God has not changed. God, he sees what you are going through. In fact, the reason Jesus came to the world, one of the reasons is that he might experience what you are experiencing now. The Bible says we have not come to a God who has not experienced what you are going through. He went through it all with a testimony. And whatever you are going through, you will have a testimony. Amen. I said you will have a testimony. Amen. Whatever it is you are going through, is that God may give you a testimony. God looked at the children of Israel. He remembered the covenant he made with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. When you look at the covenants that God instituted in the Bible, these covenants are usually sealed with blood. They are sealed with what? Blood. The blood. The Bible makes us to understand that the blood is the life of the individual. So for all of us here now, the Bible is telling us that the blood is what? It's our life. So take away the blood. What do you have left? What do you have left? Nothing. It's a, I think there's something they call, I, I, I saw somewhere today, say, they said the Egyptians, they have something they call, they mummify. They mummify a corpse to keep it for thousands of years. What, are, what do they do? They drain the corpse of any fluid. It becomes dry. They expose it to some hostile environment that will keep it in a state for years and years to come. Take the blood out of any individual. What you have is it's a mommy. Not a mommy as a mama, as a, um, uh, somebody's mother. It's somebody who made this, this morning. The blood is the life. Is that not how we uh, prepare the chicken we want to eat? Just take away the... Find any means to do what? Drain the blood. And the thing is there. The blood is the life. God recognizes right from the beginning. The first covenant that God made with Abraham before he became Abraham involved blood, the shedding of blood. When you go to Genesis chapter 15, from verse 9 to verse 10, Genesis 15 verses 9 to 10, he said unto me, unto him, take me an hypha of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Go to the next verse. And he took upon him all these, and he divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. Now go to verse 18. Verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. From the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. This was a time when Abraham had no child. But God entered into a covenant with him. And the Lord made a pronouncement. I said, I have given this land unto your seed. After the blood had been shed. Now in this instance, it was an animal that was slaughtered whose blood was shed on the altar. Right? Now we go a step further. Another covenant that God made with Abraham. This time around, it was the day God changed his name. In Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. From verse 9. 
verse 9, Genesis 7, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Verse 10, This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be what? Circumcised. So the first covenant was just bring a sheep, bring goat, circumcise, I mean, uh, uh, shed their blood, kill them. Then God went a step further and he made another covenant with Abraham and said, this covenant will be on your flesh. Will be where? On your flesh. That the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Let me see. Yeah, if you go to verse 13, verse 13 of that passage, Genesis 17 verse 13, Say, he that is born in your house, he that is born with your money, must need to be circumcised. And my covenant shall be where? Shall be where? In your flesh. flesh For an everlasting covenant. So there was an initial covenant that was just based on shed the blood of animals. And I will accept that. There was a second covenant that was based on it has to be on you. It's your blood that is being shed. That that covenant might be established. And brethren, throughout the, I mean, the history of the Jews up to today, the covenant of circumcision is not something that is toyed with. It's something that they take very important. But it is a covenant in your flesh, on your flesh rather. But there is a third covenant. And that is a covenant that is within you. A covenant is what? That is the covenant that Jesus established with his life on the cross of Calvary. Jesus went to the cross. His own was not just a circumcision of the flesh. He, he shed his blood. He gave his blood that you and I might have an access to the Father. And then after he has done that, let's look at Hebrews Hebrews, let me just, uh, before I go on to the next thing. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 to verse 26. Hebrews 9, 22 to 26. It says, and almost all things are by the Lord punched with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with this. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than this. For Christ is not entered into the holy, holy, holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for us. For us. Once and for all, he sacrificed himself. He gave his own blood, not part of his blood, all of his blood. Remember, brethren, the Bible says when they were not sure if Christ was dead or not, what did they do? They pierced his side. When they pierced his side, the Bible says the water and the blood did what? They gushed out. They, they, he was emptied of his blood. And people that have seen Christ, when he wants to show himself in that state for a remembrance, they still see the bleeding hand. They still see the bleeding feet. He shed his blood for you and I. When you give your life to Christ, you accept him into where? Into your heart. The covenant is no longer an external covenant. The covenant is no longer an external covenant of the flesh. It's not a covenant of what? Of the heart. It's not an internal covenant. It's not a relationship with the living God. Brethren, God remembers 
covenant. And because of Christ in you, the Bible calls him what? The hope of what? The hope of glory. Because Christ is in you, you can come before the Lord anytime and say, Father, remember the covenant. Remember the covenant. But then which covenant? You have to tell him. That's why you must know the word. Brethren, every promise in the Bible, by God's grace, over the next maybe one year, we're going to be looking at what I call, I mean, the year 2020 for us in this church is the year of his promise. Amen. It's the year of what? His promise. The year of his promise. And as we begin to go through these promises, and you see how God begins to answer, you come, come before the Lord and say, Father, remember your covenant. In other words, remember your promise. In other words, remember your word. Remember what you have spoken. Your word says, I will never leave thee. Nor do what? Nor forsake thee. That means I can never be forsaken. Is that not what it means? It's not just saying, I, I mean, I should not be afraid. It means whatever situation I am in, whatever situation I find myself in, I cannot be forsaken. God is with me. Is God with you? I say, is God with you? You are a partaker of that covenant. There is a covenant on giving and receiving. It is an eternal covenant, also tied to blood. The covenant God made with Noah was as a result of the real sacrifice that he gave in the midst of scarcity. The Bible says Noah built an altar and rendered a sacrifice to God, which opened, and that sacrifice he, I mean, he made opened the bowels of God unto him. We all know what Noah did when he came out of the ark. In Genesis chapter 8, from verse 20. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. The Bible says, Noah built an altar unto the Lord. He took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and of our burnt offerings on the altar. And the Bible says, the Lord smelled a sweet savour and said in his heart, I will not again cross the ground any more for one's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Never, neither will I smite any more every living thing. But he said in verse 22, while the earth remained, remained seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall do what? Shall not cease. Noah came out of the ark and said, I have just a few sheep, a few goats, a few cattle and everything. But out of these few things that I have, I will do what? I will make a covenant with God by what? By sacrifice. I will give God out of the abundance of what I have. And then God came and said, because of this that you have done, mankind will never be destroyed by flood again. That's why you and I are here, brethren. We, we have localized floods every now and then. But God has spoken. It's not possible for flood to destroy the whole earth again. It's a covenant. And that is God. And that's why he now says seed time and harvest time. Winter and summer. Say either you like it or not. There will always be, always be winter. Yes, sir. So get used to it. It's not going anywhere. Even with all the, uh, what do they call that thing? Climate change. Yes. 
All the creating something warming, uh, global warming, global heating, global slowing, global snowing. Winter will not cease, and summer will not cease. It's a covenant that God made with man. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 9, from verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons. God will bless you today. Amen. Somebody does not like that. Amen. I say God will bless you today. Amen. I say God will bless you today. Amen. Noah made a sacrifice that initiated a covenant. And once the covenant was established, God blessed him. Do you want God's blessing? Some people are not sure. Yes. Do you want God's blessing? Yes. Receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. I said receive it today in Jesus' name. If you want God to bless you, there is nothing you have that is too precious for God to take. And we have a very simple example in Abraham. Is that not so? God told him, give me your son. Your only son. Meanwhile, at that point in time, he had Ishmael, his senior brother. I mean, this is not order of Isaac. Yet, God referred to Isaac as what? Because Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac was the apple of uh, that man's eyes. And God said, I will take it if you will give me. And Abraham said, well, you gave the boy to me. If you want him, I will do what? I will give him to you. And God said, because you have not hesitated to give me your best, I will give you my best. Do you want God's best? Yes, sir. Do you want God's best? Yes, sir. Then give him your best. If you give him, you know one thing about our God? He doesn't owe any man. True or false? He doesn't owe any man. There's nothing you give God that he will not give you more in what? Multiples. That is our God. You give him your time, he will make sure that Time is available for you more than enough. You give him your money, he'll make sure that you never lack money. You give him your, what is it? Anything you give him. You give him your company. He'll make sure that that company will never go bankrupt. Do you realize that? Yes, sir. Do you know you can give God your company? You can tell him that this place of work, this company that I have, that you have used me to establish, will be a center of divine worship. Will be a place that everybody that steps here will know that this is the house of who? Of, of the living God. You don't give him anything and you lose out. God will meet with you today in Jesus' name. Amen. The mantle tree, you see, where we read, they were talking about a man in the midst of the mantle trees. The mantle tree is a symbol of peace and prosperity. A symbol of what? Peace and prosperity. And when you go down that passage, there is a promise that was made there. And I know that promise is for someone here today. That's in verse 17. In verse 17 of Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. We're going to start praying. He said, cry yet, saying, thus said the Lord of hosts, my cities. You know why it says my cities? Put your name there. My cities, true prosperity, shall what? Yes. Shall yet be spread abroad. Do you remember the story of uh, Jabez? He said, oh, that that will do what? Bless me indeed. He said, oh, that that will do what? Enlarge my coast. 
So the Bible here said, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. The coast of my cities shall be enlarged. And that's why if you put your name there, your coast will be enlarged. Amen. And the Lord shall yet comfort Zion. Amen. And shall yet choose Jerusalem. Amen. Whatever you have lost, God will comfort you. Amen. Whatever you have lost, God will choose you. Amen. Whatever you have lost, God will reward you. Amen. Whatever you have lost, God will reinstate you. Amen. Whatever you have lost is small compared to what lies ahead. Amen. 